Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Trio of Positivity Podcast, people. It's so nice of you to join us today. This is the podcast when me and the boys skim the Chicago sports landscape to bring some positivity into your life. Uh, it has been hard to find lately, but hey, we're here giving it another shot. See if we can plug some positivity into your life. Again, thank you for joining us. I'm your co-host, Pen. Joined, as always, by my fellow Positive Brigade co-host members, Miller and Chris. Say what's up, boys. Breaking, breaking, breaking news. Breaking news in the Miller world. Dropping it here first. It isn't new. It isn't even relevant. But this is this is the news of the year. Some call it some call it the person of the year. Did you guys see that Tay Tay is Times Person of the Year? Oh my God, we're really starting with this. Oh my God, let's go. I think Tay Tay won it. Congrats to Tay Tay and Travis Kelsey. Congrats. I, th- I think Congrats. it was me seeing them at Sunday Night Football that like kind of dipped it in our favor. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that was it. Uh, my father-in-law had a beautiful sign that said, Hey, Taylor, try the fish fry. I didn't understand it. Uh, like, fish fry is a thing in I know, Wisconsin. but I, I, it was... I, like, I was hoping that it was like like funny, but I didn't... Wow, I'll I'll let him know his sense of humor is not good, Miller. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the feedback. But uh, quick social plug before we get started: you can find us under Facebook under Trio of Positivity Podcast at Twitter X. We are at Trio Positivity. Check out the new website, TrioPositivity.com. Some blog posts, some more things coming there your way. Uh, give us a like on Facebook if you're enjoying what we are doing, too. We're trying to grow that community there. But here we go. Get started. Big, big episode today, boys. We're going to discuss the Madhouse in Madison, like we always do, followed by the Fantasy Corner. And towards the end of the episode, we have a special guest joining us so we can talk Lions and Bears. Big game. Big game in Soldier Field this weekend. Uh, you boys ready to go? Let's do I it. have a question. Oh, great. Do you guys Shoot, feel buddy. like this bye week the Bears still lost? No. Do I feel like the Bears lost the bye week. Mm-hmm. No. They won on the other side. Because okay. I got a break. Explain yourself. There I got go. a break That's from talking I... to you. Does that count? Yep. <laughs> Very much so. Also, they won. Usually, in recent experience, they usually lose around the. By week, maybe going into it, going out. So, like, it's a sad feeling. Even though it was a sad game, they won. So, no, they didn't lose the bye week. No, and Dude. Panthers lost. The Arizona Cardinals won. Like, the only Come the on. only interference on getting a top pick is the Patriots. So, yeah. no, I don't think we lost. So we're I gonna think the Jets the also moved up a bunch of spots, too. Jets have, like, four wins, bro. They're not, Panthers aren't winning three games. Hey, the Jets have the same amount of wins as the Bears. Speaking of wins, do we want to talk about what was going on in our, our group sessions and regarding uh, starting quarterback wins, or are we just going to jump right into the Madhouse on Madison? No, we, we, we can talk about it. Uh, maybe it's a poll for the people, you know? Let us know. 
Some of us on this podcast don't think wins and losses are totally a quarterback stat. Hold on. Let's actually poll then. You say okay. some of us. Okay. Um, Boopin, is the quarterback win-loss stat uh, relevant to the quarterback? Yes or no? No. Miller, is a win-loss record for the quarterback relevant? No. Okay. So we all agree. No, I, I wanted to poll the people. Like, uh, let us no, know. It's... What do you? Not, okay, it's not relevant. Okay, Chris, it's you against the other two. Convince us. What do you mean? I agreed with you guys. Oh, you said no too. Oh, yeah, damn! No. Wait, why were you talking then? The, well, because why... other people have placed Caleb Williams' win loss record at USC in the debate. I I understand being critical of another young quarterback we are bringing up because the recent ones we have brought up. Um, haven't fared out as well. I I understand that a little bit more, being more critical now. But I again, looks like he that guy was dealt a really tough hand this year. And while the record is pretty poor, I don't think his play was hundred percent to blame. So, does the Heisman's Heisman Trophy matter? Yes, hundred yes. percent. Yes. Okay. Like I mean, usually, does, I think winning I attitude. Think, I mean, I say that naively. Does it matter? It, I don't know if there's a success correlation with it. The NFL. I, I don't think there's a good. No, I don't think there's a good co- correlation. But oh, wait, no, uh, Burrow won, right? Joe Burrow. I mean, yeah, Joe I Burrow won. Bryce Lamar Young won, won, didn't he? Lamar won. Um, Chase probably is, won. I don't think Chase. Wide receivers no. don't win. Baker Mayfield won. Derrick Henry won. Oh, Henry won. Okay. Uh, Johnny Money Manziel won. Yeah, I don't know if the six, there's correlation with uh, quarterbacks and. Yeah, what's the most successful Heisman. one, Chris? I would say 2016 would be Lamar Jackson, right. being that he's won an MVP. Tell me, Peyton Manning um, hasn't won one. Oh, you're asking me to check all the way back there. Hold on. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm at 1991. I don't see his name. Uh, no. no, I think if we're trying to like talk like, no, success. Peyton Manning lost to Charles Woodson. Oh wow! There he, you go. Okay, he was a very successful one. No, I mean, yeah, I think the the Heisman is a the good Heisman the quarterback for, has not been for non quarterbacks, but I don't know if that's it's a good parameter say. for quarterbacks because wow. you have people Ooh. like didn't Justin Russell win it? OJ Simpson won it. That's a he weird name a to bring up there, buddy. That's uh, a weird name to yeah, bring up. Really no, but he was very successful in NFL. Yeah. He wasn't a quarterback. But, like, you had Vince Young that won it. Like, there's a Do few guys players. Know... Quarterbacks in transit. Sorry, not to cut you off. Do you guys know who was second of a Heisman? I know second doesn't matter, but I just found this interesting looking this up. Do you guys know who was second? Sexy Rex Grossman was a second place uh, finisher for the Heisman. That's interesting. Out of Florida. That's interesting. It's not great. I mean, he still lost, but like it's it's fucking Rex Grossman. I, I don't even realize when was... the Bears picked him. Do you have when the Bears picked him? Uh, well, hold on, because I scrolled up. Sorry. So Rex was second in two thousand one. So I'm gonna say two thousand two. Let's take a look. Yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I I never liked Rex Grossman. To be honest, I was always really. A, I was always a um, Purdue fan on that guy, Kyle Wharton. He was drafted in 2003. With he was a first round pick, uh, number 22. 
He was the a bear, first round for the Bears. Pick. Wow. For the Bears, yeah. Interesting. Wow. Well, this this episode started. Yeah, like what a, what a nice ride down memory lane. Looks like the most successful Heisman quarterback is Cam Newton. And he didn't even win a Super Bowl. So you're putting him over Lamar? He won the MVP. So did Newton. Newton did too. That one year he had. And Newton actually won playoff games. Newton actually and Newton went to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. You know what? I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 I could I'll give you that. Yeah. Lamar's number two and looks like Joe Burrow's third. Anyway. um, I would put Joe Burrow ahead of both of those guys. Okay. Well, controversial. And talk about controversial. Back to back. It won AFC championship, one AFC, one Super Bowl, like appearance. Yeah, Cam Newton. I think that he only had an appearance. He didn't do anything after the fact. I thought he lost the conference final. No, he made a Super Bowl. I think Broncos I beat him. I don't think he I, had multiple good seasons. No, I think he had one. Good he season. had one MVP season that's kind of carried his career. Burrows come out of the cannon. Fucking that's true. It sucks he got, got injured too. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, talking about some very interesting take down memory lane, Miller's gonna fill us up in the madhouse on <laughs> Madison. Yeah, let's that's... jump right into it. The United Center, South Side, Madison Street. Let's jump into the two teams over there, Bulls and Blackhawks. First up, we'll cover the Chicago Bulls. As we mentioned last week, they are eliminated from the in-season tournament. But surprisingly, they've had a pretty solid week. They have won three in a row, and one of those wins was against Milwaukee. So there's something to be said there. The big talking point with this team right now is that win against Milwaukee. And you know who didn't play? DeMar DeRozan. And Zach Levine, their two quote unquote best players were out due to injury, and the Bulls proceeded to beat the Bucks in overtime. Do you guys feel like maybe this team would be better without Damar and Zach? No. Again, like the team does come together when something like some of the big players go down, but come on, we got lucky, right? Come on. I completely, completely disagree. I think Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan play me basketball. And I think the elimination of them allowed the team to play team basketball, which, in my opinion, allows is better. Uh, it's a lot of what you watch when you watch like the Golden State Warriors. It's more of a team basketball. But Zach and DeMar, they're, they're all about themselves. They focus on one-on-one matchups and Not trying to score time. points. That's... That's, that's not that's not valid. There, you don't see a lot of good ball movement with the Bulls. Come on. No, but you do see it with DeRozan. Like you can't say that it's his is just one on ones. Like I, a lot I, of the times, it's 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 there's not good ball movement when those two are on the court, and 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 that's what I'm talking about. Facilitates good offense and success in games against good teams. So. Something to think about. I don't know. I think there's going to be big changes coming on that side of the ball or that side of the United Center. But we'll see coming weeks. Like I mentioned, previous episodes, December 15th, that is the first date where they could start trading players. So we'll see what happens. 
On the other side of the coin, we have the Chicago Blackhawks. While the Bulls have gone 3-0, the Chicago Blackhawks have lost three in a row. So they have had a tough time of things. Four in a row, actually. Sorry, four in the last week. They've had a tough time of things lately. Uh, it's sad. Like we mentioned, we had our great guest last week, that Ben, that joined us, gave us the rundown. This is to be expected. Chicago is last in the NL Central and HL Central standings. It's a young team. They've got off to a slow start, and but we hope to see improvement. The biggest story out of that is, as always, we've touched on it multiple times, Connor Bedard. And Mom. yesterday against the Nashville Predators, he had his first shootout goal. And let me just say, it, it was a thing of beauty. Watching him skate, it was filthy. It was, it was filthy what he did there. It, it reminded me so much of Patrick Kane and just how he just finesses goalies. And it's, He's fun to watch. It's exciting. It's really annoying because I don't have NBC Sports, so all my shit is blacked out. But I watch when I can. And... Yes, you do. No, you don't. I don't have it. Yes, you do. Not on Xfinity, bro. Not on Xfinity Go. We've had this conversation like a million times. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Well, um, you know. Way to that... fill us up, daddy. <laughs> I, Chris always keeps me honest. I love that about him. Okay. Uh, thank you for that update, Miller. Uh, you know, keep it coming. We'll, we'll, we'll check in to Madison, um, you know, as often as we can just to keep us appraised. And we'll reach you know? out to Xfinity too. Don't worry. <laughs> we we'll make Bro, sure my, our local packages I'm, are all covered. Listen, I'm gonna be very honest with you. My mind is dirtier when I'm tired. I don't know why. I think it's just dirty. It's not dirty. No, I'm. I'm. I. I. We need to end this very soon. <laughs> we need to get to the interview. Talking about very dirty. Quickly. Talk about dirty. Let's talk about fantasy flops this season. Um, oh, you know, God, playoffs that's is the coming transition. up. <laughs> playoffs is coming up. Uh, if you had these people on your team, you're probably not relevant right now. So it's slightly interactive, boys. I'll throw some things your way. Feel free to chime in as you see fit. But uh, on top of the list, if you were to think about not getting the return from a player drafted pretty high, um, if I if you were to guess total number of points Justin Jefferson has scored this season, what do you think he would be? Don't cheat okay, on the agenda. Okay, okay. Before I, we get I, into this, yes, is it yes. really fair to call someone that gets injured a flop? No, no. I, I, I was going to caveat that he's been out for a couple of games. I was going to throw that in there. But regardless, he was the number one pick. What I'm trying to focus on this segment is someone you invested a lot of draft position and he has not returned on his value for whatever reason. No, you're you're 100% on re- on that. I just I don't I mean there's been a lot of injuries this year. What I don't even know how many games he've played. Do you know offhand? I know he was out. Was he for not a while. in that special Seven? IR? Was he not in that special IR that he had to miss four games? Well, I mean, he, everyone's, th- that everyone's is IR. That. That's not a special <laughs> IR. That no, is IR. No, it there's was a shorter two of IR, them. like a special there's two bus of them. Can- well, one's there, a season ending one. One's a season ending and one's a four week. So, but it's it not special. Be, but it um, be six I don't know how many games. Four now. I don't know how I many games he played. He's been out for four weeks. You I'll have to imagine. Seven. I would imagine, we'll say seven. You 
probably figure 15. So I'm going to say probably about 100, a little over 100 points for Justin Jefferson. This is standard league, by the way. Uh, uh, Chris? Fuck me. Chris? Sorry, what was the question? How many points do you think Justin Jefferson, Jefferson has on the year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 30. Throw a number. Throw a number out. 30? He scored 73 points this year, and he was the number one uh, pick for most of the people. So, uh, again, he, he's a bust. Like Miller said, he was hurt. It's probably not on him, but it, if hey. he's on your team, you're probably not in the playoffs. Okay, so I was right. not necessarily true based on how things go, but if you are in the playoffs, he's full participant. He is back. So, now. listen, in this podcast, I hate being right all the time, but there is another list that he was a part of, which is the PUP list, which is different from the IR. The physically unable to perform has yes. a smaller... Yes, that's what he was under. No, he was not. He was on the IR. How How I is will... PUP... How is pub different from IR? It's the same thing. You're not so if you're an IR, you're not the, able to perform. Players on the active pub list could be moved to the reserve pub list during roster cutdowns. If placed on the reserve pub list, a player wouldn't count against the active roster and must sit out the first four games. That's that is before the IR. season. Yeah, that's uh, before the season. Oh, then I'm. Hold on. Yeah, let's, let's just so move I think on. I no, it used oh, to be six like, games. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that, it's that's six. Seven. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. Okay. The, the I'm other still name right, is though. The other so, name is Cooper. I hate you being wrong all the time. Oh my god. I hate god. being right all the time. It is so much fun to do the podcast with both of you. Um, Cooper Cup is another name on the list. He scored like 57 points this season. I think it was before the injury. He came. Were, back. were you supposed to guess the numbers? I, you guys took too long. I'll give you another one. Yeah, Cooper like Cuff is one of those that was one of those controversial names at the beginning because he like got injured before some people's drafts mm-hmm. and injured after some. So he was like, no one knew what was going to happen with him. So Also, soft tissue injury. We always talk about how it's hard for the receivers and running backs to come back from that. Um, Another running back that has underperformed on some of my teams is Austin Eckler. God, he was a, like, Winner last season, I think. I think he's up there for one of the biggest underperformers. I know that he had an injury. I don't think he was ever placed on IR. No. But him going, I would say in most leagues, top two or three, mm-hmm. um, he is grossly underachieved. Even yeah. if if you remove the injury games, like he is not even getting over averaging over ten points a game. Even after the injury, he came back, looked really good. I think scored a couple of touchdowns, and then just looks like a person playing injured or just old. One of the I two. just I think that offense in general is just looking like crap. A lot of people are underachieving outside of Keenan Allen. Um, so yeah. I think there's gonna be changes coming to San Diego. Yeah. Uh B. John Robinson is another guy. If you were to guess the total points for them, Chris, because you wanted to. How many points do you think B. John has scored this season? 80. Higher. Higher. Miller. 90. 134, which sounds like a lot, but people took him top 10, top 8. So, top, like... Top, top first round, I think. is Yeah. Like I have a question then, not to derail your whole segment, but what's the expected number if you're a top, if you're a top pick? I think like I again this is on top of my don't don't so what, quote me on what is Bijan like, averaging? What is Bijan averaging? <clears throat> well, I mean I asked the question first, but okay, Miller. 
But that goes to your question. It goes Bijan, to your question. I don't think he has missed any game. He might missed one. He hasn't missed a lot. So he's averaging There's about 10 points a 10, game. 10 points a game. I would say that back. when you're a first-round first running back, you should be averaging probably about 15 to 14. For a running back. Yeah. So also going back to... Okay, also, no, okay, who so he was on. supposed to be, right? He was supposed to be... I don't. I can't even think like Tomlinson. I mean, that's thirteen to fourteen to is pretty average because you figure that's about. It's a, you're gonna score ten touchdowns in a year plus yards, so probably thirteen to fourteen. Were, it should be average betting, for a top first round pick. People are betting him to like score two thousand all purpose yards this year. So I was just gonna bring up um like an example of like Jamar Chase. Like sometimes his numbers are flawed. Like he's been pretty good the last couple weeks. But like oh, he got fifty two points for me in one league, and it's like that. Miller, just Miller will tell you all that. about Jamar Chase. Fifty two points in one league. Nah, PPR. That's what he got me. PPR with PPR. some bonuses, probably. Um, sure. but we, we we talked about this before the podcast started, right? Travis Kelsey. Um, first off, he's not the number one tight end this year so far. Um, if you were to guess how many points he has. He's not number one. Who's the number no. one tight end? Hawkinson, I believe. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, he hasn't been it, injured, which is surprising. Um, he doesn't miss many games. I don't. I think. will say he's at. I don't know. I feel like one fifty. One hundred nine fifty. He's a boss, dude. Remember this segment before I started. We're talking, but we're saying that if, uh, uh, okay, obviously it's a tight end, but if we're at nine, what is it, eight, 12, 13 games, yeah. and you're averaging 10, and you're like, you're, you're 130 or 120, he's a like, yeah, he's a bust, so 109 so far. I don't even, I don't consider him a bust. I, I, I was going to say where Boopin's coming again, from, but like, if you, if you draft a tight end, not top five, he was not top five, top he seven? was top or 10, or he was top ADP. 10. If you draft a top 10 player and he gets you a, specifically a tight end and he gets you about 10 points a week, I don't think you can get I mean, uh, he was consensus number five in standard leagues, ADP wise. But anyway, I didn't draft uh, him there. I didn't either. <laughs> um, uh, T. Higgins, I have him in some of my teams. He was hurt for a while to give him some. Grace. No, I'm not giving him any credit because I have him and he's been dog shit. I think he's he had not... one 30 point game or some bullshit. And he every, has... every, every everything for that, it's been like two. He's, he's under 50 in standard leagues. Under 50. Like, just incredible fall from grace for him. The last one I don't think is super fair, but Calvin Ridley, he's broke 100. He's at 104. But again, people were like What's... drafting him. Second, third round, I think. I was going to say third round. He wasn't anything yeah. crazy. But he has disappointed. I was expecting a little bit more. Like, there was a lot of hype. I think, like, we talked about this before the episode, too. A lot of these busts come from expectations, right? Like, how much we invest in them, what the expectation is, and things like that. But um, before we before we head on to the second part of the show, I wanted to see this. And I saw this in one of my leagues. So this is how I thought of this. There are some decent names. Usually at this time in fantasy football, you are hoarding everybody. You're stashing everybody, the handcuffs and everything. I saw this name dropped in 
the league that Miller and I are in. But that prompted this segment. I saw Drake London drop. Oh, yeah, I dropped him. <laughs> it's just incredible fall from grace for this young wide receiver. I mean, it's he not a fall from grace for him. It's a fall from grace on the fact that their offense Falcons, yeah. and their quarterback situation but isn't the greatest. Like, I, I got him. I didn't draft him. I picked him up off of waivers, I think, oh, wow. seven. Oh. Um, so, maybe it's- so it eventually came to the point where I needed to figure out next way to go. And like you said, prepare for the playoffs. And he was a guy that I was willing to drop because he hasn't had a very successful playoffs. Where are you guys in your fantasy? No, there's a number one spot is all I, I know. Have, I have two number one seeds and then I'm going to sneak in. I was, I actually remember that league. I was and six in. Yeah, I am six and six. I, I won six games in a row. Wow. And proceeded to lose last week to the number one player, 140 to 150. Oh. But I still probably will get into the playoffs. But um, hey, that's awesome. It's been quite a comeback story for me. And despite hey. losing Nick Chubb and having T. Higgins on my team. So, uh, wow. and other than hey. that, I'm two number one seeds so far, hoping to. I, I have one buy clinched and then hoping to get another buy. Wow. Boopin? Um, I think the league Miller is talking about. I'm tied for second right now. Um, no, you're third, bro. You're tied third? for third. Wow, Miller's wow, keeping me honest. Yeah. Miller's keeping me, me and Thomas honest. up there, one two. Oh, there's two number ones, I guess. Okay, I am I am third because there's no second, but um, I'm I have probably the second most point in the league, so I'm I'm probably gonna make it to the playoff. But um, yeah, like seeds and you're stuff in, like that, aren't you? I don't think I'm in yet, but looking at my points, I think unless I score ten points this year, I this yeah, week I, I feel like you're good. probably in. But um, but you yeah, are playing the toughest, one of the toughest I, teams in the league. So I am playing. You have a tough so. match. <laughs> I do. Um, but as long as I don't score like ten points, I think I should be good. But I'll probably likely lose this week anyway. Uh, to um, a f- friend of the program, Luke. Oh, nice. Um, it's been interesting for me. Uh, I was four and five. No, I'm sorry. I was, uh, three and six. Sorry. I was looking at the wrong record and I proceeded to win four in a row. Oh, all of the other positions have been clinched. And the person that I'm facing is the person I have the coin flip to make it into the playoffs. Wow, dude. So I'm in a win and I'm in situation. If you need any advice, you both have the same record. Uh, we have the same record. I am currently up on points by 24. So it doesn't really matter if you have the same record. So. Well, it's a, is it offensive points? It doesn't matter if you have the same record because whoever wins is going to be in and whoever loses. Yeah, yeah but if points, it was, a, if it was a, a tie, though, like... It's point scores. Yeah, point scored. So I scored 15-28, and this other person has 15-04 currently. Okay. So, I mean, you got two people in the playoffs. Good luck. You should... You you should yeah. consult Miller for your decisions, considering you were about to bench you know Hertz last week. I will say I appreciate Miller's help. Yeah. Um, just Miller's, huh? Just Miller, um, just because he was comfortable enough to kind of give me that um, that the laughable advice. decision of benching Hertz. Uh, what I will say is I am facing Derrick Henry, and he plays Monday night, so 
that's and he's also be, possibly not playing. So there is a possibility. So that's that's going to be the hey, more hey, hey, interesting he'll play. dynamic. Stop! There's not a chance he won't play, right? I I need him to play. <laughs> anyway, um, what was I? What was I gonna say? I was like, hey, you guys both like made a quick turnaround on your teams. So, like you listen to a wave or so or something like that. Hey that's man, like, what are you gonna you do? You, you, some people give out good information. You just gotta ride the wave. Hey, people, follow Trio Positively Podcast Facebook page. Some good waiver wire uh, stuff coming down there. But um, that was one name I were to bring up. A couple other ones. Millard probably doesn't think it's big potatoes, but Jahan Dotson. Uh, it's probably dropped a him. drop can. Drop dropped candidate. him probably five weeks ago. He scored under 70 points in Standard League so far. He scored 15.8 points in the last four matchups. Drop, drop him. Please pick up somebody else. Stash of running back handcuff if you can. Miles Sanders, another name that was like expected to do well. Traded him. Traded him like five points, weeks ago. 18 points in the last six matchups. Even though he has two 10 plus attempts in this period. Total points for the season, 47 points. Just incredible fall from grace. Last name, I promise, Miller. Tyler Algier on the Falcons. Again, that whole offense is three names we brought up just today. That's how well, bad I mean, it was sad that his name was in the conversation to begin with. When you draft a running back, I think they drafted him, what, like top 10 at least. You feed the fucker the ball. And the yeah. fact that Tyler Algier was getting more touches and more points than Bijan Robinson at the beginning of the year is a joke. Yeah. He's a running back. He's not a quarterback. No. You don't need to know the offense. You just grab, you get the ball and you run. That's what yeah, he and does. He's talented. And he's the talented, fact that he and yeah. the, the fact that Tyler Algier was the one getting a majority of the carries was laughable, which is the reason why Arthur Smith is on the hot seat to begin with. So like he deserves Algier, to be out of grace. Poor Algier has under twenty five points in the last five games. He has had nine plus attempts three times in that period. Total points of under seventy eight points for the whole season. So uh, those are the big flops for the season and big drops. Uh, good luck in your fantasy last week matchups. Hopefully you guys make the playoff. Uh, hey, play spoiler, okay? It's always fun. Um, no, it's like, not. Uh, How dare you say that? Yes, don't be, don't be that person that doesn't participate in games right. just because you're eliminated. You play that spoiler role. You always try to beat that team. You can no, always get lucky. You, if you're in a keeper or you're in a consistent league where you draft based on your record, you bomb your record to get that first overall pick. You go, don't worry about the playoffs. They'll be fine. Or do what I tried to do one time and uh, have the other person buy your buy-in <laughs> so that they can get to the playoffs and you can at least work something out. Like, um, do what you got to do. Someday in the future. Scumbag. Someday in the future, we'll do top podcasts after dark. Where we could talk about some sneaky trades that were attempted in a league, and there were repercussions. Is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, I'll say it. I fucking left because we got gypped out. That's what I'll. <laughs> oh man! Uh, otherwise, all three of us would be in the same league right now. So I, I yeah, did I, did I got gypped by a, I got gypped by a corrupt yeah, commissioner. I won't say his name. But yeah, one no, of the most corrupt commissioners don't say I've his ever name. been we a may part need him of. To that come is to the facts. He's still corrupt as fuck. It's fine. <laughs> fuck you, Commission. Obligatory. Fuck you, Commission. We're here. All okay, right. Let's wrap this up.
right, people. That was the first half of the show. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we will come in with our special guest to talk Bears-Lions. See you on the other side. Welcome back. This is the T.O.P.P. podcast still. And we got a treat for you. This weekend, the 9-3 NFC leading Lions come to Soldier Field to take on the worst team in their division, the 4-8 Bears. Both teams played a surprisingly close game two weeks ago when the Lions scored twice in the last four minutes and the Bears lost the game 31-26. This last week, both teams are coming off a very tough win despite outplaying their opposition. So, the stage is set. To preview the game and take us to the other side, we have Brian joining us today. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Brian, thank you so much. It's not like this is our third attempt at doing these things. The people do not need to know how the sausage gets made. The people do not made. need to know, but I think everyone already knows I just love snitching. Well, well, if you're going to snitch on that, you can also snitch on the fact that T-O-P-P would be, and then podcast, it's, it would be trio of positivity, podcast, oh. podcast. So, okay, <laughs> save all the hate mail for the feedback, okay, both of you. We, Brian, we didn't welcome do to the show. Just trying to we spice it up. We thought we'd be turning on you, but we are turning on ourselves. That that tells you how the bear season is going. You Start yeah, you did, for that. Yeah, we're the worst team. <laughs> I guess when you're four and eight, you have to start looking inwards. But um, if it's okay with you, let's start from the beginning, right? Like, how long have you been a Lions fan? Um, how closely do you follow the team? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've been uh, a Lions fan pretty much all my life. I was born and raised in Michigan, um, been in Wisconsin now for about 15 years, um, which is hard because, I mean, they've had a really good team for, you know, pretty much most of that time and Detroit hasn't. So it's <laughs> and even worse than that, my in-laws uh, live in Green Bay. So my wife is from Green Bay. So that definitely doesn't help matters. Um, so yeah, but, uh, yeah, been a Detroit fan all my life, you know, back in the days of Barry Sanders and Herman Moore and, you know, all those guys. So yeah, uh, still wow. try and follow the team as much as I can. So, um, before Boopin interjects, I do really appreciate that you did not address them by name because fuck the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> So is it a split household then, or are we like a Lions household? Um, not, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, I mean, my son, just because of his friends at school and everything is a Packers fan, but my wife is pretty indifferent. She, she's not really a football fan, so she, she could, she couldn't care less. So, um, mm. so yeah, so it's, it's mainly a split household between myself and my son. So, <laughs> You know, random question, because I am the lone single guy and I have to deal with these two other idiots. Um, <laughs> would you say that your wife um, leaves you alone when it comes to like NFL Sundays? Or is it more of a like if you get a chance to watch them kind of deal? Because I know with some different households, like our friend Miller here, he tries to watch the game, but 
with his uh, family situations, like sometimes it's possible, sometimes it's not. But like, how do you work that in for yourself? Yeah, I I try to watch it when I can. It's it's usually on in the background if we if we are home and I'm doing things around the house. But yeah, sometimes there's activities or sports or other things where you know we're just away from the house or whatever. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll still keep tabs on it. But yeah, I mean if if we're home and doing things around the house, then it's it's usually on on when it's available. But yeah, I mean. You know, that's that's the tough part about, you know, being in this area is that they don't always air the games. So, um, yeah, but I, I usually try and I was catch gonna, it when I can. I was going to say, did you not just hear that his son is a Packers fan? That means the Packers <laughs> game is on 24-7. That, and his Lions that was game gonna gets be, a small that was gonna, TV but, in the corner. See, that was going to be my follow-up question as to if there was any, like, negotiations that have to happen. <laughs> Oh, so Miller like, knows all about watching the game on the small screen. <laughs> yeah, I'll usually right, have it on um, on my app, iPad or something like that. Usually, wherever I'm working throughout the house. So yeah, it's I'll usually sacrifice, you know, the living room TV and just let him enjoy that. That's what so. I see. That's that was going to be the follow up to <laughs> being because all three of you guys. I'm the lone single guy here, and and the three people here that are the panel. I guess you could say are married with with. Uh, or a panel? Well, the panel. Yeah, you're a panel. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Um, and I wanted to see what the experience was like for everyone. Awesome. Uh, well, let's, let's start with the good stuff first, right? Props to you guys. Um, you know, Lions have always been like the, you know, like the kid in the <laughs> NFC North that like, you know, has a decent year here, fails probably towards the end. But hey, since the end of last season, towards the second half last season, you guys finished your season strong, have just not looked back um, last couple of weeks. You guys are the king of the north, you know, props to you guys. We never thought we would see it in our lifetime, but how does it feel? You know, you've suffered enough. Like, um, how how's the general, like, like, feeling around the team right now for you? I mean, it feels great. I mean, considering, you know, the Lions have never won it since it's been called the NFC North. You know, it the last time they won it was in 93, back when it was the Central and Tampa Bay was in, in the division. So they never actually wow. won the NFC North. So, um, no, I mean, it feels good. Um, you know, it's always it's always fun to be able to, to beat the Packers and, you know, all of them. So, um yeah we'll just hope that uh we're able to sustain it through the rest of the season here it is kind of cool to see the last time lions were eight and three was 50 years ago (laughs) every every week there's a new graphic of it it's just pretty amazing to see (laughs) boys what you got for brian well the big storyline over the, the summer winter fall spring i think spring is appropriate season (laughs) was the bears uh possibly re-signing their star running back at the time david montgomery um needless to say there were many debates on how much he should get paid and what his contract should look like subsequently after those conversations between friends he signs with the detroit lions for half of what we originally discussed so we were quite annoyed over across the pond, if you will. Um, talk to me about the, the the impact that Mont- Monty's had on your team and 
and just the the two-headed monster that you guys have in the backfield with the pairing of uh, Jamar Gibbs. Yeah, it's it's been pretty amazing to see and 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 really, you know, I was I was kind of surprised that they signed him. I thought for sure that they would keep Jamal Williams and try and work out a deal with him. Uh, they're running back from last year, but then, you know, he was wanting more money and signed with the saints. And so I was, I was surprised that they, they, when they signed Montgomery, but you know, he's, he's been great for the lions and um, you know, with, with, the offensive line that that the Lions have, and being able to to create the the lanes that, um, you know, that he can just you know run right through, and you know now that you know they're getting Jameer Gibbs up up and running from uh you know drafting him uh earlier in the year, and um yeah it's it's been really fun to watch, and it's it's going to be real fun to see how they incorporate both of them going forward. Cause they are two different backs, you know, Montgomery is kind of that, you know, ground and pound, run it right up the middle. Whereas Jameer Gibbs is, you know, he'll, you know, he kind of gets to the outside and, and can burn you. So, um, you know, it's, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they kind of use both of them going forward. Yeah. It's like interesting to see the person that, the Leafs running back should not get paid. It's the guy that brought up running back contracts and how we didn't resign him. That was funny. Whoa, whoa. Okay. But, but I was going to bring done. this up. I was going to bring this up. If you didn't, there's a difference between paying a running back 13 million and paying Montgomery five. Okay. He got nothing. All right. I, I just have to get my shot in there. Sorry. But we've, already, right. we've already been over the how. People who pay running backs don't win Super Bowls, so we don't need to revisit this. Um, Brian, do you think he scores in the revenge game? I think he scored the first game too. Do you think he, he scores scored the winning touchdown? Yeah, yeah, does I think he again? does. I mean, I think he will. I mean, they're talking. I, I think the they're talking like high wins or something like that for the the game right now. So you know, it's it's probably going to be more more so on the ground attack there. So yeah, I mean. Judging by what he's he's done this season, yeah, I think I think he'll probably uh, get one. Mm-hmm. All right, time to get real, okay? Um, <laughs> you guys lost pretty bad games back to back. I think Thanksgiving, the one before that too. I think um, probably Baltimore. No, I think no, it was the, it was a couple weeks. It was the Bears between, were before yeah. that. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah the Baltimore Bears and, and then the and Packers. Packers. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the Bears game got way too close, I'm pretty sure you would say, uh, oh, yeah. for how they should look. How, what's, what's, again, how are how are you guys faring? You know, like, is golf the answer? Are you guys holding steady with Dan Campbell? How's that looking right now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they've they've definitely, you know, from Dan Campbell and, you know, the entire front office, they've they've definitely earned the respect of the fans. And, you know, when they first came in, you know, they they were honest and just said, hey, this isn't going to be an overnight turnaround like this is going to be a, a you know, this is going to be a process to, to turn this thing around. And and, you know, the the fans bought into that and they've been behind this team, you know, um, you know, especially, you know, from last season and into this season. And it's been really cool to watch that, you know, even on some of the away games, just how much, you know, Honolulu Blue is in the stands. 
you know, whether it's, you know, Kansas City to open the season or, you know, when they when they went up to Lambeau and turned Lambeau blue uh, when they beat the Packers up there. So um, it's been really I, it's I been really fun to watch. That one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I don't think we're we're not pa- they're not panicking yet. Um, you know, I think I think they know what they have in golf. Um, you know, he's, he's not the kind of quarterback that's going to put the team on his back and carry him all the way. But if you can surround him, you know, with a good team with, you know, with an offensive line, good receivers and a running game, then yeah, he's, he's a serviceable quarterback. So, um, I think that's kind of where they are right now. And, you know, they're not going to go out there and, and spend, you know, you know, $50 million on a quarterback when, you know, they're getting golf for, you know, a pretty good bargain. So let's focus on the other side of the ball for a moment. Defense. Ooh. Because I had several people <laughs> talk to me about the Lions. They're not Lions fans. They're actually other fans in the division. Minnesota fans that are familiar with the Lions. <laughs> but have always called the lions like the lions right they're cursed they're gonna come back down to earth so many of them poked their little head out after you guys lost to green Mm -hmm. bay on thanksgiving because that was essentially back-to-back games where you should have lost to the once to the bears and then to the packers so over the last four weeks your defense has proceeded to give out the almost probably the most in the league with the lowest point total during that period of 26 points against the Bears. So are you having any concerns there? I mean, you guys had the Saints basically in a strangled hold and then proceeded to almost blow that to the Alvin Kamara show. Yeah, there's some concern there. I don't know what's going on that, you know, I don't know if they're just not keeping up with adjustments during the game. I mean, you know, they're... Even at the start of the season, their secondary was decimated with injuries. So they they have some real young players uh, on playing on that end. But then you know, even with Aiden Hutchinson, you know he'll have a fantastic mm-hmm. quarter and then not have any pressures. You know the rest of the game. So yeah, I I'm not sure. You know there there is some concern there um, that it's you know they're never going to put an, an opponent away. You know, there's, there's always a chance that, you know, there's going to be a comeback there. So, you know, thankfully the, the offense usually plays pretty well and, and doesn't have trouble putting up points, which that's what they're going to need to do. If, if they're going to be able to compete at, at all, um, you know, just cause the, the defense is not very formidable right now. Given that so, being said, um, I think the all of those losses have been close except for one, which was the Ravens, which was the blowout loss that you guys had. Everything else was your your offense kind of kept think. it in. No, the, the anything related to the loss has always been by like a score. Yeah, the the Seahawks the was in game. overtime, and yeah, the um, the Ravens. Yeah, that was a blowout, and then. Yeah, they they sort of yeah, Packers was sort of close towards it at the end there, yeah. So Do you talk feel like to me, that we, is something... we talked about the oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. I was go ahead. Go ahead. So we talked about the defense momentarily and you mentioned injuries. Well, the big news of the week 
I'm assuming you saw is that Aleem McNeil has been placed on IR. Mm-hmm. Um, how big of loss is that going to be to the defensive line, especially with Aiden Hutchinson's being kind of inconsistent, as you just said? Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I saw that come across. I didn't see who they they were putting in to replace him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously it, it's going to be a big loss because, um, you know, that's – that's basically how, you know, Aiden Hutchinson can, can get his pressures on is, you know, by, you know, putting pressure on, on the other side of the line there. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to have some effect, um, you know, if they, if they can't uh, get someone in there to kind of help with that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty big concern there. Yeah, he's your run stopper, and it's interesting how when we were talking before, you you talk about the fact that you're hoping to be able to use this run game and Monty. And now I don't want to be your typical Homer Bears fan, but you know it's going to come out eventually. But it's interesting to see with the loss of McNeil and that the defensive line for the Lions looks vulnerable to the run, and on the other side of the ball, the Bears' defensive front has been playing like one of the best rushing defenses in the game. So. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Goff is going to have to throw the ball. And like we saw last time, he made some mistakes, but you guys still ended up getting that W. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. That's for sure. Yeah. Also, you said adjustments at the halftime. Uh, What what are those? Bears fans don't know those. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously Um, the Lions don't know them either. So it's... (laughs) Um, we, we brought up Goff shortly. Um, when the Stafford and Goff swap happened, like Rams looked like they like it was a slam dunk, right? They won the, uh, <clears throat> they won the right away. So, uh, you know, Lions has been a steady process growing up. Um, but you know, Goff has played in the Super Bowl before. Do you think he is your guy to bring you back to the Glory Land one more time? I think he definitely has the potential and for what we have him right now under contract, uh, you know, kind of what I alluded to earlier. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty good bargain for, you know, the type of quarterback he is. And plus the, you know, the draft picks that we, that the lions got out of that trade um, mm-hmm. have just turned around the team Im- immensely. Um so, yeah, I mean, he's been there before, so he's definitely capable of it, especially when he has the team around him. I think it's really going to come down to where they're playing the games because historically he doesn't play well in the elements, you know. So, you know, if if Dallas or someone like that, you know, ends up with, you know, home field, then, you know, he may have a chance. But if he has to go through Philadelphia or San Francisco or, you know, someplace outdoors like that, then you know, that's going to be that much harder for him. Yeah. You, you acting like... like San Francisco isn't beautiful. Come on, bro. He's gorgeous out there. There's no elements. With that being said, though, do you feel like your team is set up for long-term success? Or are you guys at one point going to start looking at the quarterback position? Well, I think I think they're kind of in a holding pattern right now. Um, they did p- draft uh, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee last year. Uh, he got injured mid-season with an ACL, so um, they're saying that he's just about ready to come back to practice. So 
depending on how the rest of the season pans out, he may get a start at the very end if the if the game doesn't matter. Um, so I think they're they're just kind of waiting and see. Um, you know, there's talk that they may be offering Goff an extension. Um, you know, and you know, with with how few you know really good quarterbacks there are out there, you know. It, it may be a possibility as long as, you know, he's not asking for, you know, 50, 60 million, you know, top of the top of the rate there. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the, the rest of the team, that, I think. Do you feel. Sure. Sorry, I know we're on a delay. I was going to say, with that being said, though, do you feel like you this success that you guys are seeing this year? Is it something that you're building upon or that? it can withstand for following seasons because given what happens in the next couple of years, it is a possibility that the Vikings can continue to fluctuate. The bears might be on the, on the up and up. Like, do you feel like your, your team is still stagnant with the successor or they're still building upwards? I think they're still building and I think it's going to be much more sustained. Um, And I think a lot of that is attributed to Brad Holmes, their GM, who they got from L.A. You know, he was he was the assistant GM and was at one point head of their scouting department. And for how many times L.A. had traded away their, you know, first round picks and everything, they had to be real good in scouting, you know, their third, fourth, fifth round picks you know, to be able to help and sustain their success. And, you know, that's kind of what, you know, he has brought to the Lions organization. And, you know, where a few years ago, you know, hardly any of their draft picks would still be on the team after two or three years. You know, now you're seeing that, you know, the people that they've drafted, you know, the last few years are still on the team and and really contributing. So, you know, I think it's just the entire mindset that, you know, this is going to be a, a much more sustained uh, success and just, you know, points to the change in culture that, you know, Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes are, are putting in place there. Yeah, uh, they are still like 10th youngest team, I think, age wise. They're building it the mm-hmm. right way. So I concur with you. Talking about age, I wanted to bring this up. Um, I don't know if you know the Ford family. Can you see if they can talk to the McCaskey family and maybe show them how to give up ownership to like younger people? You don't have to stay at the helm for like I don't know hundred and when you are hundred and five or whatever you are now. But isn't the Ford family still in charge? The daughter took over like three years ago. When right when they hired Campbell, it was the daughter that took over. And I think that's what kind of sparked everything, because, I mean, for for decades, you know, the Ford family, they were fine, you know, as long as people were in the seats and they were making money. And then when they Mm. transferred ownership to the daughter, she said, no, this isn't good enough. We need to put a winner out on the field. And so that's kind of what kind of started the entire shift there. And you're you're kind of seeing the the results of that. So, yeah, she is she's she's not going to be satisfied. And, you know, until there's there's a winner on the field. So. Wow. Boopin, great, great question there. Wonderful question. Boopin. <laughs> Wonderful journalistic endeavor there. But um, good research. Kind, kind of along the same. Yeah, kind of along the same veins. Like, what two years ago, you guys had the number two overall pick, right? Um, mm-hmm. That was 
two short years ago in NFL terms, and you guys are like you're tied for the best record in the NFC right now. This turnaround has been quite dramatic. Uh, give us the blueprint. What are you guys doing well? Uh, what what do you think from a fan perspective, right? For a team that was like historically bad, like what are they doing different? Like obviously Dan Campbell biting knees has helped. What else? <laughs> well, you know, I think it gets back to you know you know Brad Holmes is the GM and and knowing what kind of players that you know, will fit their system and their culture and, and will buy in. And, you know, they're not listening to any of the outside noise. Like you heard, you know, in, in this past year's draft where they drafted, you know, when they drafted Jameer Gibbs, I think at, you know, number 12, you know, you have all Mm -hmm. the critics out there saying, well, you drafted him too high. You could have traded down. And it's like, well, that they knew who they wanted and they just took them when they were able to. And, and, you know, whether it's him or, you know, Sam Laporta, who's, you know, setting records for a rookie tight end, um, you know, they they know what they want and and they're not afraid to, you know, take them when they're available. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just it, it goes back to knowing what what players are going to are going to fit well in your system. Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. They got some dynamic rookies over there in, in Detroit, that's for sure. I'm surprised you guys didn't draft that Darnell Washington guy, the tight end. I don't know if you've seen that guy. He looked like a offensive lineman and was playing tight end. I think Steelers drafted him later. But um, So we are Bears fans. Some of us are homers <laughs> more than others. But we, we talk about fields all the time. I think like... The jury is still out of if we if he's the long term answer, but he's done some good things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to hear from you, like just an outsider perspective. Not sure if you follow college um, and enough, but like, what's your perspective on Justin Fields? Like, you've seen the Bears' carousel of quarterbacks go through as well, right? Do you see any difference outside looking in? Are the Bears slightly more scary with him? What do you think? You know, I, I kind of feel bad because I feel like he was put in a bad situation. And, you know, I feel like if if he was put in, you know, the right situation with the right coaching staff, he could have been more of a Lamar Jackson type, you know, a real true dual threat, which you kind of see, you know, flashes of here and there. But, you know, when when I kind of see him and watch him, you know, it's almost like, you know, he's got a voice in each ear. You know, one's telling him to run, one's telling him to pass, and he's trying to process both of those at the line of scrimmage, you know, in in real time. And, I mean, you just can't be successful with that. And so, you know, if, you know, if I were running the Bears, you know, as hard as it would be, I would I would probably let him go, you know, get in a new coach, you know, take a take a rookie and, you know, reset that, you know, get him on the rookies, rookie uh, contract there. And that gives you the flexibility to adjust to address, you know, some of the other areas on the team. It's funny because I agree, but to be a dual threat, you got to be able to throw and run. And obviously Fields can't do one or the other. <laughs> um, but you you made a lot. Some people very happy on the panel with that answer. Just just it's not, you know. it's not being happy. It's it's being true. I mean, it, it, he clearly knows. Like he, this is obviously someone that 
has been through the same kind of issue with the Lions and and their quarterback scenario. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Fields thing is just gonna be a a talking point for the Bears fan. Um, it's not gonna get better if we win, but it will get a lot worse if we lose the next couple weeks. Um, which gets us back to the college perspective of um, if you've heard anything about uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May, like what what are your thoughts on on them coming to the NFL? Yeah, and and I would probably throw Michael Penix Jr. in there too, just because I mean he's he's had a fantastic year at Washington. You know, we'll we'll see him in the in the college playoff and. You know, there's there's no question. All all of them have the talent to to play at the next level. Um, you know, the one thing I'd be a little concerned with uh, with Caleb Williams is, you know, number one the hype, and number two, he did not have a good team around him at USC, and he had to improvise a lot to really carry that team. And if he picked up those bad habits, those are not going to translate well to the NFL. And so, you know, if you're going to if you're going to take him, you need a a really sharp, offensive minded head coach that's going to be able to coach those things out of him and get him to run, you know, whatever system they're running. Um, But I mean, you know, Ben Johnson, right? It, like no. ben Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. They keep on, saying Brian. he's going to Carolina. You, you so. know, <laughs> he, you know hey, he's not going to be your offensive caller. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Some teams taking him. But even though I hate to see it, can you not see <laughs> Justin Fields in like a Dan Campbell offense? I think he's a very Dan Campbell guy. Doesn't no. like, you know, doesn't com- you, doesn't well, complain a lot. He doesn't like, good, throw good, the ball. Doesn't complain a lot. Will like run behind that O line. Oh, That's pretty good. God. I don't know. I'm if, sorry if, that if our we, homerism mm. is coming through to you. It's very <laughs> obvious who the homers are here. Jared Goff I, is like one of the. Well, he is so successful in just sitting in the pocket and throwing the ball where it needs to be, and you're going to sit here and say that Justin Fields is in that offense. Like personality wise, I feel like Dan Campbell and him would just like merge hey, together. Just like ugly people, personality gets them up there. You're absolutely right. It's not throwing balls or winning ball games. It's it's all about know. personality. That's him and Aiden Hutchinson would not get along though. So it's <laughs> <laughs> don't don't find a way. All right, but let's let's bring us back to Sunday. Um, you know, uh, what do you think? How do you think the team's gonna go? Like the matchup is gonna go. Give us your score prediction too. For, for Sunday? Yeah, you know, I'm a little worried about the defense, but I think that they saw enough from, from the first game that they'll be able to kind of make the adjustments that they need to, uh, hopefully. Um, you know, obviously the offense can score points. So I'm, I'm and, and you know, they've, they've got the division in their sights. They, they know what they need to do. It's entirely in their control. So, I think they're going to be motivated, and I think they're going to pull out the win. I would say about twenty-four twenty. So another Is it a close win one. But they're the going to. Uh, what did you say, Chris? I don't think so because they still have two two games in the last three weeks against Minnesota. 
But that would be 10 wins for you guys. Minnesota would be at seven if they win as well. They're not clinching. It's not clinching? Okay. Yeah. They have two games against Vikings. So, like, if Vikings win both, that's a swing of two games. So they'll Mm -hmm. probably have to win one more, and then that'll probably be more clear. So what was the score? Sorry? What what was the score Uh, you said? 24-20 Detroit. Oh, another close one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Just to give you a recap, we all predicted that uh we would lose against Minnesota. We were all wrong. Um. So we are gonna give it back to the person who lost his prediction streak of five in a row to go first. Miller, what do you got? All right, boys. We're here. We're discussing the quarterback for the Bears, Justin Fields. He is going to keep his streak going of 100-yard rushing games against the Lions. He's going to be over that 100-yard mark. Get him! He is He is not going to pass for over 200 <laughs> yards. <laughs> the Bears are going to lose. Aww. 24-17. Wow. Hey. Okay. Uh, Boopin, you had four in a row before losing your streak. You, uh, I still have the predictions from that uh, one episode. So what are you thinking here, bud? I think I'm going to call it, guys. It'll be a close game. Mm-hmm. Bears win 27-24. Wow. Um, as you guys know, I've been hit or miss on my predictions. I've been good with my scores. I just don't pick the right team to win sometimes. You've been well, right the, yeah. <clears throat> you've picked the scores for the other team, I think, correctly. I think that sounds about right. <laughs> um, I originally said they were going to lose. I then flipped it to a win. Uh, I'm going to side with Miller on this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears get uh, a win with a defensive touchdown. Mm. I think this defense is going to be coming off a bye and sadly i think they now realize that they actually have to score points for them to win a game so as much as i think it would be a coin flip um i think the bears lose a close one uh i'm gonna go 20 to 17 all right i need this w to get back in this competition against miller so (laughs) Uh, all right before we let you go brian um you know, they're in the same division. They play a lot. Can you think of a moment between the Bears and the Lions that stick out to you from the past? Like a favorite moment, maybe? It could be a Lions win, too. I mean, That's okay. Uh, probably the one of the worst moments was the uh, didn't complete the process touchdown from Calvin Johnson there. Oh, back in, yeah. What was it, like 2012 or whatever it was? So, I mean, that one, that that's classic, you know, Lions-Bears, just <laughs> typical, typical Lions thing that, you know, screwed over by the refs. The so yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I have a moment for when all three of us were involved. I'm hoping that that's your favorite moment, boys. I had that in my list, yes. Who wants, who wants to share that with the team, you with the rest go, of it? Go for it. Go for it. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what year it was. 2013, 14? It was like one of, the, one, one of the last years of Megatron. Um, one of the Wasn't last it his last game? 
It might have been. It was probably end of the season too. It was. It was, it was just the, the one where he set the record. I don't know. Yeah. Was like. yeah. Yeah. Like it was a game where he set the record um, for yards for catches. What was it? Yards. And and yards. I think yeah. Bears, both teams were irrelevant both at teams, that point. Both teams yeah. gave him a standing ovation. Yeah, and then we were cheering every time he caught the ball because we were actually part of NFL history. We did all that and still got like heckled at the end. By some oh, drunk we got heckled Lions, so good. Lions fan too, but <laughs> she's we, we, watching we, this. <laughs> fuck that bitch. But other than that, <laughs> um, my favorite part about that was um, the road trip, getting to Ford Field and then leaving. Someone Did had we the do genius. Same day? We did same day, which is yeah. I'm never doing that shit again. <laughs> I don't but, even appreciate the driver who fucking no, drove them four hours get, there and four hours back. <laughs> I was going to get to that. And then he gets mad at me because I decided to take a nap in the back seat. Um, and the best part was after we we thought the food was going to be cheaper at the stadium. And it turns out it was not what we were expecting. And we decided to go to like Subway right after like for no fucking reason. But it did get us to appreciate how nice of a stadium it was. And I think it didn't it go through some new renovations. Like didn't they? Yeah, update? the last few years they've been they've been doing like gradual updates to it. Yeah, yep. Well, must be nice. We're about to turn a parking lot into a stadium. So what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Is that? Hey, they are not living this city. They are not leaving the city. So I'm I'm happy. That's all I care about. Uh, these two people live in the suburbs, Brian, and they were rooting hard for it to go to the suburbs. We weren't rooting. It was the already, suburbs. Don't be it, naive. It was already They're bought. not going to have two a parking lot. <laughs> Next to a freaking. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for your time today. Uh, we we had lots of fun. Thanks for the conversation too. Uh, we hope it's a good game Sunday. You know, good luck to you guys. You guys are on your way. Hopefully, you represent NFC North well. I I think I think we are rooting for you. Like I think the rivalry is probably Packers. I don't think we root against. Minnesota Lions as much as much as we hate the Packers. So we will be rooting for you if you make to the playoffs. You know, hopefully you guys go all the way. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that concludes the show for us. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Um, if if you found something amusing, fun, please hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, we are a young podcast, so keep that feedback coming. Maybe someday in the near future, the Bears will bring us some positivity. Until then, maybe Lions are the positivity we need to look for, at least for this week. Have, have a good night, everyone. Bye! Bye!